people don't realize the whole process to get to this final visual design. And so when they see that messy, unfinished work, I don't blame them for being like, oh, that gray box is a bit dull because they don't know any better. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. In today's episode, we're going to get a little bit philosophical, I guess you could say, and talk about the concept of done being better than perfect in, in terms of design. This topic idea came to us by way of an email from a listener. I won't read out their name, but I'm just going to like cover the basics of what they said. They were talking about the problems they will have in getting themselves to focus and work um, and staying motivated. And they were saying that they feel like that was because they thought their work had to look good all of the time. Intellectually, they know that usually the design is going to look rough for most of the process and really only comes together and looks all nice and shiny by the end. But they say there's still this nagging thought in my head. They go on to say that I think the idea that everything we do should look polished and shiny every step of the way can completely cripple motivation. So this is what we're going to talk about today, about our experience with this and how we overcome this, wanting our work to look good at every point in the process. First though, Fem, how's life? Um, How's things? How's running? Uh, Oh, yes, running. (laughs) I think I do. (laughs) Uh, Running is good. Thank you for asking. I am, however, having, I don't know if I've mentioned before on the show, but I'm seeing a physio. I've been seeing a physio for the past few months because I get sore hips after my runs, which isn't good. So I'm going through a bit of that, which is kind of painful, kind of annoying. I have to do like 30 minutes a day of these exercises and stretches which is a really long time it is yeah every day (laughs) exactly so that's uh, I've skipped a couple days but I'm trying to keep it up as much as I can Um, but yeah in general running is going good tomorrow I'm going to San Francisco for a week which is exciting it's a very last minute work trip so I'm looking forward to being able to hang out with my team there I don't know if I mentioned on the show, maybe I just mentioned this to you privately, Charlie, but at work, I'm currently working on a project where most of my team is in San Francisco and New York. So I'm kind of like remotely working in a way, but still like going into the office and whatnot. So yeah, it's a bit of a fun project getting to work with people in different offices. And I'm excited to go next week and sort of meet and see everyone in person and have a week together to really jam on the project will be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, are the people from New York also going to go to San Francisco? Yes, so we're all going to be together. Oh, fun. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, My YouTube is still existing. Woo! You know, I'm three months in and still posting videos, which, you know, there's there's a chance that I wouldn't have gotten to this point. So it's pretty cool. I'm still going. I think I'm almost at 1,500 subscribers. That's really exciting. Yeah, so I don't know. It's there's I haven't really received any like negative comments yet or fem you just jinxed it great well done (laughs) yeah now that people have listened to this they're gonna go and leave me a negative comment no please don't Um, but I'm just curious like to see at what point triggers negative comments you know like at what scale does that start happening and yeah um you know I've been a little bit you know not holding back but just a bit cautious of the type of content I'm putting out and what I'm saying. But I think over time, as I become more relaxed and more confident, I'll probably 
be a bit more opinionated in my channel. So I don't know, I just, I'm kind of curious to see how that kind of evolves and when all of that starts happening to be continued, I guess. Yeah, they do say that when you get your first haters, that's when you've really made it. So, you know, just saying. <laughs> Not yet. Once, once you get the hate, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't made it yet is basically what you're telling me. <laughs> how are you? I'm well. Uh, if you can hear like rustling in the back of this episode, I can't help it. It's been so windy in London, like so windy. Really? It's reminding me of Wellington. Oh, it's windy here as well, actually. That's so weird. We always have the same weather. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I'm back in Wellington, the amount of wind we've had lately. It's made going being outside very unpleasant. And yeah, like I said, there probably might be wind you're hearing in the background of this podcast, and I can't help that. But aside from the wind, things have been going okay. Still feeling behind, but I'm just... I just would really love to one week say... Oh, I feel completely on top of everything. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to take the afternoon off. You know, that would be nice. I'm working on it, working on getting there. But there is just a lot of projects that I've committed to in this first half of the year. So the second half is going to be hopefully the quieter half. There's, well, I'll just tease like a little life update is that um, the flat that we live in right now has been sold. So we're going to have to move. We don't know when yet, though. We haven't received our notice. We just know it's going to be coming. So, yeah, that's a thing. That's stressful. It is. And that's going to be a whole nother like project essentially that I'm going to have to tackle in this uh, first half of the year as well is finding a new place to live. So what I did today actually before we got on this podcast was I filmed a tour of my office for my YouTube channel because I really wanted to get that done. And I was like, well, if we're not going to be living here much longer, I better get this done. (laughs) Sad. Are you actually working on any freelance projects right now? Yeah, I am. That's probably why I feel kind of stressed is because I don't normally have that on. Um, Yeah, I'm building a website for The Reading Rush, which is a -a readathon that Ariel Bissett and her friend Raylene run once a year. It's like a week of, or maybe it's two weeks, I can't remember off the top of my head, of reading, basically, where they're like getting people excited about reading and people track it and log it. And I'm making the website for that. So that's exciting. It is exciting. It's going to be a fun project to do. I'm going to learn a lot on it, but it is a lot of work. And yeah, more so than my side projects are, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's me. So in this, I'm trying to think, the only way I can think to segue between is thinking that when you're busy... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is when you often get forced into a state of having to realize that done is better than perfect, right? I don't know about you, but that's that's normally how I find. If I've got all the time in the world, I'm going to keep working until I can try and get it perfect. But when there's deadlines approaching, when there's other things that are coming up, that's when you've got to face the reality that, yeah, not everything can always be perfect. Yeah, I actually, this kind of resonates with me this week in particular because... I found myself this week spending more time than usual organizing my Figma file, making sure everything's all neatly organized and that it looks all pretty instead of, you know, doing the actual work. And I think that ties into a little bit of this because like this person says, you know, I think the idea that everything we do should look polished every step of the way, you know, can cripple motivation. And I definitely had a little bit of that this week where I felt like I kind of went down this, you know, went down the path for a bit too long of like, you know, making sure everything's looking really pretty and really perfect. And I almost was procrastinating, I think. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Do you think you were procrastinating working? I do. I do. Because I was at a stage in the project where the next step in the project was a big step. 
And I think I procrastinated worked a little bit for a day or so and like cleaning up my file and making everything look really pretty and nice because I felt that pressure to do that. And I mean, I have to say like, it looks really nice now. And I've actually had people comment like, your file's looking really, really nice. I really like the way you laid everything out. And I'm like, thank you so much. But you know, if I, I do think we need to be careful in not letting that become a distraction from doing the actual work. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I think it's a really good excuse we can use, right? With ourselves, we can say, oh, I spent this time tidying my file because, you know, it's really important to have my layers named correctly and for everything to be pixel perfect. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter if you don't get the project completed or like, you know, you've made one part really perfect and then the rest of it's not done just because you spent all that time on making the file perfect. Because that wasn't the brief, right? The brief wasn't to make the file perfect. The brief was to get the project done. Yeah, totally. I've had people, speaking of YouTube, comment on YouTube videos where I've shown projects or like walked through how I do things. And I do not name my layers in design files ever. And the only reason I would group things is if I particularly want to move them around together and it's annoying to like click multiple layers. Yep. Yeah. So I don't bother with any of that because it's just not important to me. I can easily click on what I want to click on. It does mean that the file looks messier. It does mean it's harder for another designer to come in and do something with it, obviously. But because I am a one-person marketing design team, ah, that just doesn't really bother me, you know? It's not a priority for you. Exactly. It's not a priority. And I could easily waste a lot of time on perfecting all that and feeling productive. But it's like fake productivity. Like... You said it's it's procrastinating working. Yeah. So I think that's about the process. And then also a little bit about what this person wrote in about was, I think, you know, at the end, right? Like, I've struggled with this definitely in the past. I think this comes down to a lot of perfectionism, you know, and making sure that you want everything to look super perfect. And, you know, I had this actually, I'll, I'll just bring in a random example with a video that I uploaded recently. I, you know, spent a whole day filming and editing and putting it all together and you know exporting it and whatever and that took forever and then I uploaded it to YouTube and that took forever and then I was like okay I'll click play and just you know make sure everything's okay and I I had a thought in my head I was like oh the background music is a little bit loud and I was like I could go back and spend another hour like lowering the volume checking it through making sure it's okay exporting re-uploading to youtube you know and i was like you know what just this time i'm just gonna gonna let it go you know i'm just glad that it's done i'm just gonna accept that yeah maybe the music's not at the perfect volume but i'm just gonna publish it and and so i did and i actually did get one comment from someone saying the background music is a bit loud <laughs> and i was like yep i know agree too bad yeah. <laughs> like I agree. Yes. Next time, like I'm going to learn from this so that next time, you know, I make sure that that doesn't happen again. But I think this is a good example where sometimes you just got to let it go, you know, and just just push something out there. Because I've had it so many times in the past where like I get so close to being finished, but then I find this one little imperfection and then, you know, then I just get stuck on that and I never finish it. I think the skill in this comes from learning which like little niggly things do really matter and which are really only you would notice sort of thing. There's a lot that I'm thinking with this right now uh, where we've got this promotion coming up at ConvertKit. I've designed the landing page for it and like 
done a lot of new and, and interesting stuff with the design, which is great, but it also means it takes a lot longer to build. And so we're having to like scale back my design a bit as it's being built just to purely to get it done in the short time frame that we had. Because um, it was like a couple of overlapping projects and things. So as that's happening, as I'm getting the first pass of the build from the developer that worked with Corey and I'm leaving feedback, I'm having to think, okay, well, I mean, this doesn't perfectly match the design, but there's this issue over here that I would rather get solved. So this doesn't really matter. Making those trade-offs. Yes, yeah. exactly. Trade-offs, that's the word for it. And because it, it would be really easy to think like, oh, well, you know, we should just get it all perfect. We should like do all of this, but that's not worth delaying the project a week, you know, in order to get that perfect. So you've just got to got to realize that sometimes. I think it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate like reality that you learn when you get into the real world of design. I remember back to design school where we'd have like a project to design a poster and it was like a six week project, you know. And so there is so much time within that to try and get things perfect. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's just not the way that the real world works most of the time, unless someone has a huge budget and a lot of time. But yeah, that's just not how it happens. So you've got to get used to making these trade-offs and learning what is and isn't important. Yeah, I've also struggled with this a little bit in design reviews and presentations at work. Okay. There, there's kind of been this consensus or this feeling on my team that you know the work involved in getting ready for a design review has been too high you know like you have to create a presentation and like make sure your file is like clear and you know kind of there's a lot of preparation that goes into it and because there was all of that presentation of making sure you're really prepared and making sure everything is looking good you know, people weren't signing up for design reviews because the effort it took to prepare for the review was too too much. And taking time away from doing the work, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, everyone kind of felt like they had to make sure everything looked really good before they could review it, when actually that's the whole point of a review, right, is that, you know, it doesn't have to look good. It's okay to look messy because you're there to get the feedback. When you've got a cleaner coming around to your house and so you clean the house beforehand. <laughs> right. It's exactly like that. Not that I've ever hired a cleaner, but that's just always the example that springs to mind. For yeah, no, that's a really, really good one. It was, it was kind of like that. That was happening. And we were all like, you know, this isn't good. You know, everyone's you know, spending too much time preparing for these things and cleaning up their stuff. Uh, you know, how can we lower the barrier for this and, and make it a bit more ad hoc? And so we've been doing some things to try and change that. And, you know, I've been getting a bit more relaxed in terms of like just you know, tapping the person next to me and being like, hey, have you got a minute? You know, I just really want some quick feedback on this rather than the whole pressure of like scheduling a one hour review and inviting the right people and booking a meeting room, you know, the whole process behind that sometimes is a bit too much. Do you think there's situations where that, like going to that effort is worth it? Like I'm thinking perhaps if the person you're presenting to isn't a designer, maybe they need that extra level of polish to, you know, take it seriously or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely there are times and moments where it is worth putting that extra effort in to make sure, you know, everything's looking good and you've got your process down and all of that. But if I just want some feedback from the designer sitting next to me, you know, this whole barrier of doing all of that work was was just too much in our team. So I think in that case, you don't need to go through all of that effort and all of that work. But in some cases, like if you're presenting to a stakeholder, like a director or 
I don't know, whatever, engineers even maybe, and they don't have the background design context, then definitely it's worth putting in that extra effort to make sure it's all looking good. I think this can be a real hindrance on junior designers, especially learning and growing their skills when they're too afraid to ask for feedback for fear that, like this person, our listener who emailed in about this, says that it doesn't look all nice and shiny in the middle of the process. It looks kind of like a mess. And so they're embarrassed to show it and get feedback, which means they don't get the feedback they need to improve it in the first place and become a better designer. It's Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a terrible cycle. We've talked before about sharing unfinished work and, you know, accepting that done is better than perfect is something you got to do in order to get comfortable with sharing unfinished work. And obviously when I say done in this case, in the middle of a project, I don't mean it's completely finished, but I mean, you're at a point where you need feedback to move forward. You know, it doesn't look right, but there's no point in you trying to force it by yourself. You need to get someone else's opinion in and you shouldn't worry that you think it looks like a mess. Like if it makes you feel better, you can say to them, hey, I know this isn't right yet, but I would love to your feedback on how to make this work. And that might might help you if you point out the fact that, hey, I don't think this is a really good design, so don't judge me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like to do that anywhere when I'm sharing work that I know isn't correct, but I'm yeah, wanting that feedback on it. Yeah, I think if you go into the design process with this mentality, it helps you maintain a bit of momentum. For example, last week I spent a lot of time designing one particular screen and it's a it's for the, for a mobile app so it's like one long screen and I created I think maybe like at least 30 different variations of visual design for that screen. Like it was a lot. I had so many artboards and <laughs> You know, the reason I kept creating a new variation was because I wasn't happy with the previous one, right? I, I, I felt like, you know, this is this is not perfect. This is not done. I had to keep going. And I got to the point where I had spent so long on it and had so many iterations that I, you know, realized, okay, I need to stop and, and walk away from this for now and come back later with a pair of fresh eyes. And I think that's really hard to do, but I think it's important to do because it's important to recognize like okay it might not be done it might not be perfect but for now it's okay and it's okay to move on if you have the intention of coming back later to make sure it's properly done yeah because sometimes you can't force it like I don't know maybe your brain just wasn't getting it that day and it just wasn't working out right but you've you've made some attempts and when you revisit it later on yeah you will see it and maybe maybe something will click then at that point Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, do you think possibly that things like dribble and I'm saying work in progress in extreme quotes here, because that's <laughs> not often what people share on dribble. I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that that is maybe where this person who emailed in is thinking that work has to look good all the time, where they've got that impression from is from things like that. Do you think that puts an extra pressure on designers? I think that this applies if you're showing it to non-designers because I think non-designers are only familiar with the end state right the final piece of work and they don't necessarily know all the behind the scenes and what goes into the process in order to get to this final result so you know non-designers see things like you know the type of things you see on dribble they see the apps on their phones they see the websites they visit and you know they don't know how it how we got there, how someone got there, right? Or they, they don't 
have as much of an idea about how that person got there as we do. So I think it's, you know, I, I don't blame them for, you know, if they see a rough design, like I think you've shared before, like you once showed uh, some grey boxes and someone yeah. was worried that was the final design. <laughs> like, yeah, like, mm, this colour's a bit sad. I was like, yeah, it's a wireframe. <laughs> like, that is the perfect example, right, where, yeah, people don't don't realise the whole process to get to this final visual design. And so, yeah, when they see that messy, unfinished work, I don't blame them for being like, oh, that grey box is a bit dull because they don't know any better. And I do think that the whole, like, dribbleization of design does contribute to this in, in a roundabout way. Yeah, because I think that when you're getting started in design, you're, you know, eagerly following what, what other designers are putting out. You may be looking at their work on Dribble and everything they post, all of their stuff that's, like, meant to be work in progress looks amazing. And so you know, that could contribute to you feeling like maybe you're not doing it right if your work doesn't look that polished the whole way through the process, I think. But have you ever noticed that Dribble is only full of this finished work? Like, you know, I don't often see designers sharing real work in progress or messy bits of their process. So... And that's that's the thing. I've been trying to share work in progress lately as I've been designing for this promotion, but the little bits that I choose to share are not the messy stuff. Because, to be honest, I don't think there's much value in sharing that other than to say, look, the process isn't great all the way through. It's more what I'm sharing is, hey, this was a cool idea that I toyed around with, but it didn't work. I'm leaving it behind, but I just wanted to, like, capture it somewhere. That's the work in progress I've been sharing. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's often that we get to see, unless we work with them, another designer's full process and all of the mess that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would love to take screenshots of my Figma file right now and share them uh, with people so they could see what it truly looks like. But unfortunately, I can't. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not what's important, I don't think. Right. Like it's it's not if, if your main focus and worry is on making sure everything looks good, then I think you're totally focusing on the wrong thing. Like yeah. you should be focused on solving the brief or solving the problem or you know reaching that goal whatever it is the whole purpose of your project that's what you should be focused on and as long as you get there in the end then who cares how you got there yeah what do you think just want to shift tracks a bit away from the process into done is better than perfect in general I would say that when I was getting into the design industry I feel like I expected that every project I worked on would be portfolio worthy and like everything I did should be going in my portfolio. And what I've learned over the like, what, eight years now that I've been a designer full time is that that is not the case. And that not every single project you do, if you want to keep up the speed and the cadence and meet deadlines and things, not every project you do is going to be your favorite. And not every project you do are you going to be 100% proud of because things happen along the way, like compromises have to be made corners have to be cut to meet a deadline, things like that. And all those little things mean that a project that started out with great promise maybe isn't your favorite by the end, but you did it, it's done, it met the brief, it like, I don't know, uh, solved the problem that it needed to solve, but it's not something that you're super proud of compared to other work you've done. That's happened to me a lot. Uh, There's been, I don't know, very few projects, I think, in my career maybe like 10 that I would be like, I am so proud of this. Everything went great. (laughs) Like I wouldn't change a thing. 
most of the time there's always something that you'd want to change and you don't think it's completely perfect by the end of it. Has this been your experience as well, Fem? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even have a portfolio up, right? I have a website, but I don't have any projects up on my website right now. And that's not necessarily because I don't have a project I'm proud of to share, because uh, that sounds really sad. I haven't had the time to put any up. But I mean, definitely, like not every project is going to be your Oscar winning moment, right? Like some are going to be, you know, you're going to be more proud of them than others. And that's that's fine. It doesn't mean you're a bad designer or you did a bad job this time than the previous project. That's just how, how it goes and that's fine. Yeah, agreed. And I think that, I don't know about you, but I found that really difficult to start with. I felt frustrated at myself as I was starting to work in the industry that I wasn't making work that I felt was good enough. Like I had this the standard that I wasn't quite able to meet yet because it wasn't just me working on these projects, right? I had to consider all these like opinions from other people and consider these deadlines and budgets, especially when I was working in print. A lot of things I wanted to do but couldn't because it was just out of the budget to, to do that cool part of the design, you know? And that meant that I was disappointed that I wasn't, I, I don't know, fulfilling my talents maybe is the word of putting it or like living up to... Um, expectations perhaps that I maybe I had for myself or I thought other people had of me and yeah I just I just wanted to note that's a thing that I think is very common for designers so if anyone listening is feeling that and feeling like their work isn't perfect and they're frustrated by that just just know that I think that's normal yeah I think it's definitely normal and I also think it's a good reminder that as designers our job is not to make shiny nice looking things right our job is actually to solve problems often you know most of the time we're solving problems and you know I've had I've definitely encountered moments where I've had to make sacrifices to the you know visual design the prettiness of my work in favor of making a better experience or an engineering constraint or something you know and while it may make the design look less appealing, it actually helps to better solve a problem. So I think it's also good to keep that a little bit in mind as well, that your goal is not to make something look nice. Your goal is actually to, to solve a problem. Yeah, but that's, that's not really what I'm talking about, because in that situation that you're describing, it sounds like you were making it more perfect technically, because... The goal, like you said, is to, to solve this problem. So if this UX change makes it look a, not as great, but it solves this, then you've done a better job on the project than if you'd made it look pretty. What I'm talking about is work where you finish it and you're like, I'm not very happy with that. I feel like I could have done better. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, and where, I don't know, maybe you'd even be embarrassed, go so far as to say that, to, <laughs> to, for people to know you designed it. There's definitely things that I look back on in my early design career and I'm like, definitely wouldn't you know be shouting from the rooftops about that these days but you know that happens but it's all a learning experience right yeah you, you learn from that project and you take that on to the next project to make sure it doesn't happen again or, or the outcome is different so it's all part of the journey I think you know we can't be creating this perfect work or happy with our work 100% of the time yeah totally what I'm trying to do now because I do want to make sure I'm building up a good body of work that I am really proud of of is when I get a new project, I'm like, all right, is this going to be my one, like for the quarter? Is this going to be the thing that I'm going to put my heart and soul into? 
and that is going to end up in my portfolio? Or is this going to be a thing that I need to get done like to a good standard to meet the deadline, but make sure I'm saving efforts for other things? That's sort of how I evaluate projects myself. Um, I've been wanting to get, I think I've put in my goals, if I can remember off the top of my head, two portfolio worthy projects per year is what I'm aiming to work on. So like, that's all I really want is just two things a year that I feel like I've really put a lot of effort into. So maybe they're like longer projects usually than something I just do for a week that, yeah, I'd want to add to my portfolio and, and share around because that's really all you need. Like you don't need a lot of quote unquote portfolio worthy projects to demonstrate your skills. You're not meant to be putting everything in there. But yeah, two doesn't sound very, like very many for a whole year though, right? So I don't know. Oh, I mean, I worked on one project for an entire year. There we go. Yes, you're on <laughs> so, a different scale to me. So to me, two is like, wow, if I could do two, that would be great. I think I probably work on about, I don't know, five per quarter. Yes, different scale. <laughs> two is a very small, yeah, <laughs> small amount. But yes, it, it is definitely not about the quantity, I think, right? It's about the quality of the work. So, you know, whether it's one or two, as long as you're showing quality work, that's what you should be striving for. Yeah, preach. Well, do you have anything else to say on this topic of done is better than perfect PM or should we wrap it up? I just hope that if you're sort of at that point in a project where you're getting close to the end, but you're agonizing over the tiny details and that's actually holding you back, then try to push through that. I know it's really hard. I've definitely been there before. And, you know, in some cases it's led to me never finishing. Right. And I think that's super sad. So done is better than perfect. And if you're sort of at that point where you can make a choice of either staying at 80% forever or pushing through to a hundred and, you know, letting go of a couple things, then I think that's a better place to be. Yep. Agreed. And if you're coming near the end of a project and you think there isn't really time to like save it essentially and make it something you're incredibly proud of, that's all right. You, you can just get this one done, mm-hmm. put it out of your mind, move on to the next one and let's maybe that'll be a better one for you. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for sharing your wisdom on this episode, Charlie. Well, thank you too, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people go to find more of our episodes and more of our wisdom? <laughs> You can hear more wisdom like this at designlife.fm or you can search in your favorite podcast app for Design Life or in Spotify. If you use Spotify for podcasts, you can search us there as well. We get people asking every week if we're on Spotify and the answer is yes, we are. So have a look. We haven't put that on our website yet. So people don't look and just assume. I don't know, but Uh, we need to fix that. Yeah, we are on Spotify. It is a thing that has happened. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter as well. We're at designlife.fm there. And if you, like our unnamed listener of this week, have something you've been struggling with in terms of design recently and want to tell us about it, get our thoughts, hear them on the show, then email us hello at designlife.fm. We can keep your name completely anonymous if you want to. Uh, So yeah, just hope you feel comfortable doing that. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week, fam. Bye. Bye. Bye.